4: now stay with a fan for this
5: special program the final out has been made let's talk about what just happened the good and the bad It's time for the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove with the franchise Tim Allen on the fan. If you need doors and windows, go to PellaWI.com.
6: It is a final from American Family Field and the results again for the second consecutive night are not good. Well, that's something new. A Brewers loss to make it two in a row. 4-1 the final game, one of a three-game set, and welcome in, everybody. It is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. There's the Polish pipe bomb, his triumphant return, along with uh, myself, Tim Allen, and a Brewers 4-1 defeat here, uh, again, to make it two consecutive losses. That's what we call a losing streak, and... I don't think it's anything to panic about, but this is what we talk about when we uh, do shows like this is, you know, I, what do you do next? What, what do you do tomorrow? Well, you play a baseball game. And as Craig Council said before the game, he said, you know, the challenge is trying to beat the next guy the next game. And he's, he's right on the money there. However, he did say, much uh, like our conversation last night, he did say it, it is interesting to take a peek down the line. It's, it's natural to want to do that a little bit, and we've been doing a, a little of that as well. But in this game in particular, I want to get your reaction here if you want to jump in. 414-799-1250. Brewer's offense, I, I believe it was uh, three hits. Is that right? We'll confirm that. I believe just three hits. And, and I'm wondering if you know why. I can tell you I know why. And I want to know if that's ever going to change, if it's going to change in a pennant race, if it's going to change in the postseason. Will it change? And by the, by the change, I mean, does Craig Council continue to sit some of his better hitters solely based on matchups? Now, I understand days off. I get scheduled days off. I'm, I'm fully with you 100% on that. These guys can't play 162 anymore for whatever reason, that we can debate as well. But they just don't play 160. They don't even play 150. So simply because a lefty was on the mound today, three of your best hitters sat in the dugout. And you wonder why you struck out almost 10 times. You wonder, or I think it was 10 times. And you wonder why you only mustered up three hits and one run. Well, you've got three good bats (laughs) out. Your bench. See, again, I like Craig Council. I think he's a, a good manager and going to be a great manager. And I think he wins a World Series under this team. That doesn't mean that we can't question some of his moves. And this one I would question. Now, down the stretch, it's going to be interesting. And certainly when these games are in kind of seal the deal mode. Uh, in September where you know, you're dealing with a magic number in the single digits and you want to get this thing done and you want to rest players and things like that, does he still continue to go with matchups? That's the key word, matchup. That's a word that we all had to get used to under Craig Council, matchup. The matchup dictated this. The matchup says that, okay, let, let, let me put it to you this way. Let's take, uh, for example, Omar Narvaez and Manny Pena. Does Manny Pena hit left-handers better than Omar Narvaez? I know the answer. That's sort of a rhetorical question. Yeah, he does. It's not a landslide, but he hits a little bit better off lefties than does Omar Narvaez. However, if you give each one of these uh, guys the same amount of games... Let's just throw out 148 games. Let's just say they both caught 148 games. Side-by-side comparison. Who's the better hitter? Who's the better offense over the course of the season? So when you talk matchups, it's an isolated incident. When you talk long-term, the better hitter clearly is Omar Narvaez. Clearly is Omar Narvaez. So... I would like to get a spin on whether or not that's ever going to change with Craig Council. You had Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, and Omar Narvaez on your bench to start the game, game one of a three-game set. Now you've got cushion. You've got the availability to buy a little time here and go ahead and do these sorts of things. But is it because you have the cushion, or is it just because that's his style? That's what he does. That's his recipe. Those factors, all these matchup factors, are ones that create a winning environment and create this 70, now 74, and 49 mark. 414, 799, 1250. Because their offense was AWOL, again. And we talked about it a little bit last night. Sensing a little bit of downslope with this offense. Need to get a little bit more of an uptick uh, back back on offensively for this baseball team here. But that matchup thing, that lefty-righty thing, I think it plays a huge part in baseball. It does. Not just here in Milwaukee. I think it plays a part in, in every manager's arsenal, but to a point. And I will just, this is only my perspective. If I were Omar Narvaez, why would I want to come back to the Brewers? Can I ask you that? I hate bringing up negativity. But I'm just saying, from his perspective, you guys know I love the Brewers, anyone in a Brewers uniform. So I'm not uh, trying to stir up any dirt or anything. But just think of it from Omar's perspective. He's sharing time offensively with Manny Pena. I mean... (laughs) dude's an all-star Omar Narvaez is an all-star having a great season. And I just wonder how much uh, money this sort of matchup thing has cost in Omar Narvaez in the grand scheme of things. But I, I would say this at some point, um, I would go with your a lineup and that just doesn't seem to be in the cards for Craig council. It just doesn't again though. It's tough to kind of slice and dice and pick apart a 74 49 mark because obviously a, a large portion of his decisions are going right but i would i would just say this that you know is he is he biding time for you know uh, because he has a cushion and then, if things get a little tense, get a little tight, by the way, the Reds won again, so the Brewers lead over the Reds now down to seven and a half. I say down to seven and a half because 48 hours ago is nine and a half. But is this ever going to change, do you think, with Craig Council, where, you know, some of these might be scheduled days off, and I understand. But to sit Omar Wong and Yelly simply because. Patrick Corbin, who incidentally has a 6.04 ERA coming into this game. That's why you're sitting these three guys? Or is it just rest on one of them? If it's rest, then stagger the rest. Stagger the rest days? Take the span of the weekend to give all three of them the day off? (laughs) One by one? Polish pipe bomb is here. And, and, again, I, I'm leaning toward this is never going to change under Craig Council.
4: Yeah, I'm right with you. It's not. You know, this is, this is kind of what he does. And, uh, you know, these games frustrate you. And you see a Sunday lineup on a Friday night at home. You come back after a long road trip. Uh, you, you see this lineup, and it's like, wow, where, where is everybody?
6: Where'd everyone go? Did they, they forget some people in St. Louis? Was there a flight delayed? Did they miss the bus <laughs> from the stadium to the airport? Yeah, I, I just I, again matchups are helpful. They're beneficial, and, and they really are. And and again, the bottom line is, let's face it, Manny Pena hits slightly better against left-handers than does Omar Narvaez, and I understand that, but if he never has a chance to face the lefties how is it a fair comparison you know there's just at a certain point uh your your players are players your good players need to play and and i think it i think it catchers are a little bit different because a catcher's going to get you know s- spells here and there and that's you know probably not apples to apples on some of these other positions but for the most part, you know, a, a catcher, a, a starting catcher, a plug-and-play, really good catcher. I don't know, these days should catch 135, 140 games. Should that doesn't that that just doesn't happen?
4: Well, and That's, like you said, with Omar, he's he's hitting 50 points better than your former MVP. There is no way in hell I'm sitting him ever. Except you know maybe a night a day game after a night game, right? But right.
6: that's it. Yeah, and that's why the catcher position is just a little bit different. But just in the, in the grand scheme, you're not going to tell me that over the course of time it wouldn't pay off that Omar Narvaez plays over Manny Pena tenfold. I'm not I'm not crushing Manny Pena here. I like the pineapple, Jeff. I know you do too. Yes, sir. Um, and so you know he he has his own role too, but. I don't know, game one of a three-game set at home. You haven't been at home for two weeks. And not that the, the fans, I think, should play a, a big factor in making decisions. But my goodness, you, know, you, you come home after being gone for what seems like a month. It was 11 days, think about it, almost two weeks since there's been a game at American Family Field, and these people walk in there paying hard-earned dollars to go to a ball game, and they, they don't see Yelly, they don't see Wong, they don't see Omar. But Rowdy Talez gets to play against the lefty. Mm-hmm. You couldn't shift Jace or you know uh, Escobar over to first and, and go Louis at third? Oh, that's right, Colton Wong, lefty. Oh, that's right, Corbin's up there with his 6 ERA. That's really tough. That's, a t- that's the lefty you want to face. The, the one not having a good year. 414-799-1250. Let's start things up with Roger. Roger, you're first up. 4-1 to final tonight. I sense the offense has taken a little bit of a respite here lately.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I i mean, my wish is maybe you can corner a console for about 30 minutes on what you were just talking about. My um, <laughs> best of luck on that, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, You know, going, I'm not going to talk about the offense. Um, we'll get into the lineup. Um, just to digress quickly. I no doubt I don't no one ever questions your love for the brewers what I'm just going to get this out I'm just I'm just a little bit bothered that I think it spills over to that uh city to the south in St. Louis I I don't I, you know we just got I just want to continuously work on that I I that, that little bit of love affair, I just you just seem to have with that team down there. With St. Well, Louis? the rest of us. It, we, I, I just despise that team. <laughs> um, but, and moving on, and I don't want to digress, but that's based on, I thought you, maybe I reacted more harshly, but with regards to the scheduling, you know, um and, and St. Louis, would you have been harder on the Cubs and Chicago Club than you were on St Louis? I'm just, I'm just wondering
6: Yeah no I, I okay I, I get what you're saying. yeah um I do just just to clear everything up uh, what Roger's referring there uh, is that I uh, I hate the Cubs more than the Cardinals and I've been pretty transparent on that. And there's there's I mean, there's a few reasons why, but uh, I appreciate the call, Roger. Thanks. But because I was given grief at the Cardinals for the getaway day yesterday being a night game. And the Cardinals have done that to the Brewers. No, I got on the Cardinals pretty good about that. And I hope and look at this. The Cardinals are coming back into American Family Field. Lo and behold, a weekday getaway day is a day game. Brewers need to start laying, laying some uh, lines in the sand here against St. Louis. They do. You're, you're having a night game every time you come in here on getaway day. That's just the way it's going to be from this point forward until you guys knock that off in St. Louis. Cubs, that would have been about the same thing. I don't know about worse, but I have an issue with that. You know, it's, it really is a sort of a, I won't say a gentleman's agreement, on getaway days, but it is up to the home team. And I think any, any disadvantage you can give the other guys, go ahead and do that. Okay, fair enough. But expect it back then. Expect it back on the other side. All right, 799-1250. The matchup thing for Craig Council. Do you think that's ever going to change these, quote, scheduled off days or these matchup off days? Christian Yelich, Colton Wong, Omar Narvaez, all left-handed hitters. All good hitters. Yes, all good hitters. That includes Christian Yelich. But all three of them went the day off because Patrick Corbin and his 604 ERA was on the mound as a left-hander for the Washington Nationals tonight. Is that ever going to change? I mean, look, for example... All right, I'll give you just a a minor example. I don't know if it's uh, apples-to-apples comparison here. Uh, Last week against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who was going? I I believe it was might have been Lauer, but it could have been Brett Anderson. Ben Gamble was leading off. He not only was in the lineup, lefty-lefty, he was leading off the game. So there are different aspects to look at this. And we, we talked, um, I think, a couple of days ago about what frustrates you with this baseball team. Uh, one of them was that, that it was a matchup thing. Boy, this, the lineups, just wow. You know, just because a righty or a lefty's going, you, you got all, you know, all turned around and twisted with your lineup. But then you pinch yourself and you say, wait a second, what are you griping about? They're 74 and 49 now and a comfortable lead in the Central. So it's, I don't know, it's tough. It's tough. Let's go to Jackson, leaving American Family Field, one of 27,998 in the park. What's going on, Jackson?
2: Hey, what's up? Uh, we're heading home to Madison on our way back, but I have a quick comment on the game. We saw Tyrone Taylor, unfortunately, got injured. He left with a oblique injury. I just saw on Twitter uh, from Sophia Minhart, Minhart, the sideline reporter, that uh He's going to go on the IL. That's what Consul said. What do you think uh, going forward down the stretch, what do you think uh, the Brewers are going to do with the outfield? Uh, And did you also see that David Dahl, uh, we just signed him. He just did a home run down in AAA
6: tonight. It's a possibility for Dahl. It's a possibility that this makes room for. I know it's a different position but they Jackson? just ex- they, no they just extended a an uh a rehab assignment for Daniel Vogelbach. Uh I would okay. buckle in for that. I would buckle in for uh possibly a Corey Ray who actually is having a pretty good season down there.
2: You you think Garrett Mitchell is too too soon No, for
6: him? yeah, it's Jackson. I I I like where you're going. And I think there's room for that, I would say, a year from right now, yes. Because these younger guys, the game is getting younger and younger, so they're going to be more apt to go with these younger 20s players. But right now, I, I think it has Vogelback written all over it. I do. I really do. Sounds but great. But, that but, sounds great. Well, but again, Jackson, thanks for the call. But again, aren't you sort of cl- – Aren't you sort of cloning what you already have in Rowdy Telez right there? Yes. This team is in need of a right-handed hitting first baseman. If you really want to play the big matchup, Stearns Council. If you really want to play the sabermetrics game and go with matchups day in and day out, despite what we say, despite what it looks like, despite the optics of sitting Wong, Yelich, and and Narvaez on on a, on a same game basis. Then you should have already had a right-handed hitting first baseman. Now I know one blew up on you this year, and that was Keston Hira. I understand that, but you had you've had months to recover from that. So I say Vogel back, but I won't guarantee that the Tyrone Taylor IL stint is is going to change that. I, I I can't guarantee either way, because again, Jeff, you're you're with me, right? It's it's Rowdy Teles and and it's Vogelback. they're the same player
4: exact same there's no difference at all so maybe
6: one's a little more cl- i guess they're both clutch
4: yeah they're both clutch when you clutch. look back on it they're both huge they both need to uh, a little bit larger uniform cuz they <laughs> they look like they're stuffed into that sucker but uh yeah no it's the same player they both <laughs> have the same amount of chins i hit pause on the tv and counted them both
6: <laughs> let's go to uh, mike Mike, you're next on the fan, four to one, Brewers Fall.
7: Oh boy. Full moon tomorrow. I want to see a win. I think console figures we're good. Take the night off stars. You slept on the plane. They're off Monday. It's gonna be hotter and you know what? The next two days. This was the time to get everybody in. You agree?
6: I like game one of any series. I go, well, I go for it. Game one of Boy, every series. I, I work on rest time later.
7: Here. What is he thinking?
6: I, I'll hey, move on. That's that's why we're talking about it.
7: You know, Braun, first base, he played it. DH, a lot of DH comes up. You get to the World Series. You're gonna play the Yankees or whoever. <laughs> I mean. I think we'll be fine tomorrow, but if they don't, I Romney called a swoon this afternoon. I just hope we can regroup and win tomorrow. Okay. We can't see a four or five game losing streak.
4: Mike, if if Romney is your psychic, you're calling the wrong Ramy hotline. Romney
7: not my psychic.
4: Okay. Good. Okay.
7: Well, yeah. I, I I I'll be quick. I asked the magic eight ball before I left the house. I said, "Will the Brewers be in the World Series?" And it said, outlook look was good." Romney didn't agree. So, the of course Magic not.
6: The
4: damn Cub fan. Romney.
6: He's a Cub fan. What'd you expect him to say?
7: Well, I'm still going to go see his show next Friday. You should go too, Tim. I've seen it. We'll pretend I'm laugh. We'll pretend we're laughing. <laughs>
6: <laughs> there you go. All right, Mike. <laughs> All Thanks right. for the call. Love yeah. It. Yeah, all right, 799-1250. Uh, still getting a reaction here. Just, just in, a, in a general sense, though, is, is the matchup thing and the, the matchup philosophy ever going to change with Craig Council, or is that the, one of the biggest factors in his success? Because you, you can't discount that either. It's just so against what, what, um, what I feel. I just am not going to sit Omar Narvaez as much as Craig Council sits him. I'm not sitting Colton Wong until he asks me for the day off, which is entirely possible. I would tend to doubt that. Yelich, there's no chance right now you are getting any time off. I need to know once and for good if we can count on you in a crucial situation down the stretch, into the postseason, and in the World Series. You're the one that needs to play every day as beyond any of these guys. That's the one guy that should be playing every day because we need more clarity out of you for this year, not your ensuing years, not all the big money you're going to be making, not the reset, uh, spring training, February 16th, uh, pitchers and catchers report in the 2022 championship season. Just saying. But 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 I want to I want to know we, you need to catch up. So there's there's I just that's me though. But again, is that part of his success or is that you know, is is that just an, an oversight by him? I I I think that might be strong. Is it is it too understanding of a of a a kind of a brutal dog days uh, window of time here in the season? Is it um, the fact that you have a a fairly comfortable cushion in the NL Central? Is it players coming to you to ask for the time off? Is it being a little injured? That's one factor. They've been injured all year, Tim. But we never know on a daily basis of who's kind of woke up with a sore neck from, you know, not sleeping on a my pillow or something.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I definitely don't think it's an oversight because Craig Council's been way too successful for way too long for for that to happen. It might be, you know, a little bit of smartest guy in the room kind of gets the better of him sometimes, which, you know, can happen when you've had the success that he's had year after year after year. You know, I would kind of get uh, a little. Uh, my britches would be, uh, you know, I'd, I'd I'd have a big chip on my shoulder too.
8: Well, and
6: and just to make matters worse here, I since I'm throwing it out there and being a little bit negative, not too. I don't think I'm being too negative, but just a little negative. I, I have to, <laughs> I have to say this. It is great to hear Bob Euchre back on the air because we don't hear him on road games. And so being a 10-game, 11-day road trip, it's like, wow, it's just music to my ears to hear Bob Euchre. However, even the saintly and loved Bob Euchre can say some things that just make me say, hmm, it was the ninth inning today and Bob Euchre said 27998 at American Family Field tonight. With a dandy going here in game one of the weekend set. A dandy? This was a dandy for him? This was a dud. I don't know where the dandy came from. If it were two to one, I get dandy. This is four to one and flat. This is four to one and flat and no offense because Wong, Narvaez, and Yelits were sitting in the dugout. Because they were facing Patrick Corbin's 6.4 ERA or 6.04 ERA. Let's get one more in here before the break. Let's go to Jim. Jim, you're next on the fan. Good evening.
1: Good evening. I'm a little frustrated. Uh, The the team's great. I love watching them on the road. But it's frustrating for me that this is a team that's 23 games over 500 on the road. But when they get home, they're only four games over 500. What the heck? I mean, I've... Miller Park plenty this year, I'm sorry, American Family Field plenty this year. And all I'm seeing is just average baseball for the most part. They have some great come-from-behind wins. They can be the cardiac brewers. But why in the world is it when they come home to their own fans, we get just four games over 500. When they go on the road, they just tear it up.
6: Do you think uh, managers, head coaches in football, basketball, Do you think they need to consider that with home fans that, that the product itself is pretty important to the people paying for tickets? Well, I don't know about that. I'm just asking you the question. I'm not saying, Jim, I'm not saying either way. I'm just asking,
1: you know, I, I guess for me, it's not that they, they owe it to the fans to win at home, but I'm just curious where's the home field advantage. And You know, Miller Park is not exactly a Pittsburgh where there's only a couple thousand people there. I mean, there's over 20,000 people averaging per game. You know, they got a home field advantage. The crowd's behind them. It's just Mm -hmm. it's not doing any good, and it's kind of maddening. Why doesn't it? Think how awesome this team would be if they actually could convert into a decent home field advantage.
6: Yeah, it's just the direct opposite, Jim. The old adage is, you know, play around 500 On the road and you make hay at home, they're playing around 500 at home. They're making all their hay on the road.
1: It almost makes me hope they don't get the first round. (laughs) You know, they don't get the number one.
6: (laughs) You know, (laughs) all right, Jim, thanks for the call. It's a great debate. Uh, We we will get into that. Someone called last night on last night's show and asked, uh, well, what what do you see for the path in the postseason and everything? And, you know, I, I answered it. I mean, just by the looks of the record, looks of the rosters, you would say that the East, Atlanta would be the, you know, probably if they win that division, uh, would be the path. But I don't know, man, Atlanta, they're pretty good. They really are. Okay, but that might be a different conversation. This came up, this this home thing came up, and Jim brings up a great point. In, In my world, it came up some years ago, about, I don't know, three or four years ago. Jeff, you can appreciate this. Uh-huh. I went to a bucks I went to a bucks game, and it was I, I you know we're excited to go and have some beers and eat and and do the whole thing, and we find that uh, Giannis is not playing,
4: <laughs>
6: and it's a home game, and it's like, well the 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 thought was that you know let's let's uh, get him ready for Monday or whatever it was uh, on the road and. You know, so then I turn on the post-game show, and uh, there were conversations going on about, well, that's the time to do it. You, know, you, know, you, you, you want to showcase your guy around the country. And I'm, I couldn't agree, disagree more. And, and, and I thought, I was doubting myself. I was saying, well, wait a second here. Am I missing something? What, what am I missing here? I don't believe that uh, the first 20 rows down in Memphis – Pay a good chunk of Giannis's salary. No. Or keeps the Bucks in Milwaukee as a whole. No. And I thought the allegiance should be if you're gonna rest someone and you have the choice and it's not injury related, if it's scheduled rest, again I understand that in all sports. But why would you do it at home? Same here, a little bit here. You had the series locked up in St. Louis yesterday. I understand it's the arch rival St. Louis Cardinals. I get it. But you're just staring at a home date on a Friday night the next night. You're going to give someone the off day? You already took the series. Your, your uh, uh, road trip was tremendously successful already. You, know, you had eight wins on the board before that 10th tenth, uh, tenth game of the trip. Why didn't you do it yesterday? Sit Colton Wong, Omar Narvaez, and, and the gang, and, and Yelly.
4: Yeah, well, I'm the absolute wrong person to ask this, Tim, being a bitter season ticket holder for the Packers, and uh, every year they come and grab me by the ankles, flip me over, and take everything in my pockets. So, uh, yeah, I I'm a, a thousand percent with you. You owe it to your season ticket holders. You owe it to the family from Brookfield who's making their first game of the season. Maybe they're only on a bus
6: from Warsaw.
4: Yep. You owe it to those guys. Maybe it's the only game they're going to get to this season. Your stars should always be in the lineup when you're at home. If you want to give them a day off, do it on the road.
6: Or at least stagger it. I mean, this was, and not that it was a slouch lineup. This, this lineup is pretty deep and I understand that. But when you yell at Omar and Colton are on the bench in the same game, game one of a three game weekend set, Staring at an off day on Monday? I don't know. I just, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I won't make that big a deal out of it, but it is a deal. It it kind of is a deal. All right, we, we need to take a break. Way late for a break. I, I don't know if they owe us anything as fans, but... Hell yeah, they do. Maybe they do. I was just about to say, maybe they do. Your thoughts, 799 1250 You're listening to the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, 4-1. Brewers fall in game one. A lot to get to. Stick around. 1250 AM, The Fan.
5: Let's find out the play of the game. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and smart home technology simply done right. Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan.
6: Welcome back. It is a 4-1 loss here in game one of this three-game set over the weekend. Uh, Tim Allen and the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by our friends at Great Lakes Dragway here after every Brewers game all the way down the stretch here into the postseason and into the World Series and then maybe a live broadcast at the parade. How does that sound? We are live here in the Lakeland University studios with online learning in seven locations throughout the state. Learn on your terms, lakeland.edu. Talking about the lineup and matchups. and I try to throw... As many factors on the table as I can, I do. Uh, and there, is a, there was, was a lefty on the mound tonight, Patrick Corbin, for the Washington Nationals. So in that regard, then I would assume that was the biggest factor in which why Wong, Yelich, and Narvaez, all left-handed hitters, weren't in the lineup. Or was it because one or two of them had a scheduled day off? And that's, that's always been funny to me. When, when the managers say, well, it was a scheduled day off. Oh, that's right. The guy above you made the schedule. Oh, you can't go again. Oh, no, you made the schedule. <laughs> I mean, you can't change it. Uh, so it's always been kind of interesting to me that, that we're supposed to accept that as, as an excuse. Um, or... Another factor on the table would be that, you know, one of them is one or two are dinged up a little bit. They woke up with a little sore back, a tight hammy, whatever it might be. Maybe a little under the weather. These days, you err on the side of caution when that occurs, and it just might be the common cold. But everyone's just, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Especially with the positives that have been going on with this team throughout the season. So I understand all that. I try and throw all that on the table. Let's pretend none of that applies here. Outside of just a matchup issue. Is that ever going to change with Craig Council? And again, one could argue, again, throwing this on the table into the poker game, is the fact that they're 74 and 49 and a comfortable lead in the National League Central. That may have an impact on things. Some additional days of rest, if you will, heading into a stretch drive and into the postseason. So I try to throw all of those on the table. And then just kind of pick and poke and peck at it and see if we can come out with a de- determining factor. Again, this is, if, if everyone's healthy, ain't no way I'm doing this to the crowd. It, uh, there's just no way I'm doing this to the home fan base. I, I'm not doing it. I, I'll stagger it. Omar, you get Friday off. Yelly, you're taking Saturday off. And uh, Wong, you get Sunday off. So that'll give you two, two days in a row, Sunday and Monday, a team off day. It just, that's the way I would handle it. Instead pull back all the reins, Manny Pena Tyrone Taylor. You guys get thrust in there. Go 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 do your thing. All right, seven nine nine twelve fifty. Let's go to John. John, you're next on the fan. What's happening, John?
2: Hey, Tim, how are you doing tonight?
6: More important how you are.
2: Well, I'm doing very well. Um Good.
6: man, I, I,
2: I can't disagree with you and I can't agree with you more. Um I I love the way council is managing his roster. Um, I I think he's doing it right, and sometimes it just boggles our minds like, okay, Mm -hmm. like tonight, why are these three guys sitting out? Well, it does make sense. Um, I didn't like it, but when you're over 20 games, over 500, you're doing something right.
6: That's for sure.
2: And so you gotta just go along with that. Um, I, I, man, but like you said, uh, Navaris, man. Well, how can you not take him out? But Pena has been on fire. So, you know what I'm saying? Colton Wong, he he's come back and he's been on. He, he's he's on fire too. So mm-hmm. what do you do? You know what you do? You keep your players rested, you keep them healthy, and that's what um, council is doing.
6: It's a great, it's a great response.
2: Full season, he, he John,
6: Okay, oh, all right. No, I get you. It's a great response, and that's what they will tell you. This is in an effort for a long, grueling season. In an effort to keep everyone healthy, I understand that, but at the risk of a four to one loss tonight. You can't uh, tell me Juan Yelich and Omar wouldn't have made the do, difference in this good. game. It, 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 thank, thanks for the call, John. You, you, I mean, in a tight ball game like this, they, it's, it's, there's there's a good, a good percentage they would have would have made the difference. Uh, so, it's just those little things. And again, I'm not tearing apart this team. They're, they've been doing fantastic, but that doesn't mean there aren't critical things within the team or the season, to have conversations about. Well, They're not perfect.
4: And, John, I would caution you before you, you know, go around with us. It's fine. We're all family. We love you. Uh, when, when you're going to go around town and say that Manny Pena is on fire, uh, you know, he, he is hitting 169 just as a as a side note. So, you know, be careful.
6: And in given situations, okay, I get it. He does have, he's put in positions to succeed against those left-handers. I understand that. That's a 160 or 170 batting average in the best-case offensive situations that Craig Council can possibly put him in. So that's another indication of how good a hitter he is. It's, he's he's kind of not. Wish he was a better hitter. He's clutch, I mean, though. I, he's clutch. He, he, he has been known to have the clutch, Gene, and, and these guys as a whole have. And I think that's what a good season, a special year, does to you. Let's get to uh, Bill. Bill, you're next on the fan. How you doing, Bill?
9: Hey, Tim. Well, I'm a little disappointed. I want to address this issue of matchups. And I want to go a little bit beyond who's on the mound facing the Brewers. Right now, the Reds are playing the Marlins. A horrible team from the East. The Cardinals are playing the Pirates. Mm -hmm. Why in the world would you not consider that you have to do everything you can to beat the Nationals? The teams that are closest to you in the division have got, they're not resting people. They're making dang sure they win those games, and I yeah think yeah I'm not sure Reds
6: uh, Reds win tonight, Bill. They they beat the Marlins five three. They were up five zip in that game, but they win five three. Cardinals, however, lose to the Pirates four zip. They did. Yep.
9: Yeah, they <laughs> right. did. But it could I hate the Cardinals.
6: <laughs> it,
4: it could also be you know maybe Craig thought that this Washington National team, since they traded everybody, including the beer man. Uh, you know that it wouldn't. You know it would be kind of a cakewalk.
9: Well, yeah, you would think so. When I heard they were pitching uh, Patrick Corbin, I thought with a six point oh four ERA. Mm-hmm. Well, he dropped that probably a half a half a point today.
6: Yeah, but no, he pitched great. He, he pitched great, and I just wonder how well he would have pitched against three decent hitters, despite yeah, lefty exactly. lefty. Yeah, I yeah. agree
9: with you, Tim. I I wonder what the – this this um, this just ridiculous. Worshiping at the matchup altar is ridiculous. I think. It, well, as you say, again, it's, hard to, it's hard to question counsel. He's got yes. the team at seventy-four and forty-nine, but it would have been that, nice if they'd have won this first game of the
6: series. That's the mental tug of war that I'm having. Yeah,
9: that's I that's
6: understand. the mental but mismatch of. Of 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 a tennis match it, mentally, I'm just going bouncing back and forth and saying, you know, this looks dumb. This looks yeah. really dumb. But then again, yeah. you're saying, as what you said, man, they they're having a great year. They're 25 games or whatever over 500 and in a, in a nice comfortable position. So I, it's just nice to talk about. It's nice to have a conversation about. It. Yes, Bill, yeah, have, it's have it's, a good it's, night. it's it's always a pleasure. Um, and, and, again, uh, any time that I'm just a little critical in, in, a, in a fun way, in a fun conversational way, uh, some people take, take issue with it. And How can you even
4: question anything this team does? Well, you can question, obviously. That's why you're here. You know, no one can doubt your Brewers fandom. No one can doubt the success of this team no one can doubt the success of Craig council that doesn't mean that you have to worship at his feet it just means that he you know 9 times out of 10 he deserves the benefit of the doubt but you got every right to question it that's what we're here for and to me, the barometer, Jeff, is
6: when other managers do a little something different than what Craig Council does. So then, then it's a new dynamic. Now, now it's a, just a little different measuring scale. It's not just some squawk box on a microphone, you know, saying that Craig Council should have done this. It's, it's comparing another manager in his position, one of only 30 on the planet. So another one of only 30, a guy parallel, a peer to Craig Council, does something that defies what Craig Council does. It just means there's room, there's wiggle room here to at least have a conversation about and not get blasted for being the negative Nelly on a, on a good season. I'm always just going to tell you uh, what's on my mind, guys. You guys know that. And, and it doesn't mean I have any any dislike uh, for for the team at all. And that's never going to be in question. You're right, Jeff. But, yeah, I just, you know, now it's not, again, I've said it before. I will say it again. Baseball will humble you in so many different ways that when you start tap dancing around your accelerator, it will come back to get you a lot of times, not all the time. To me, I'm going for it. And this I can worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And I know some people disagree with that. One of our callers today said, you know, his job is to keep guys healthy. You know, again, I I just that's always in the back of your mind. You're always you always want to keep these guys healthy. For sure. I get it. It's a no-brainer. But to sit there and you know, tap dance around an accelerator when when you have three against the Reds coming up, and and not that I'm wholly nervous uh, about the lead in the Central, which is now at seven point five. Now it's seven and a half games over the Cincinnati Reds. But you keep you keep tap dancing around and losing three one four one ball games when you're sitting half your best hitters. I just I would hate to have something like this come back to haunt them. That's that's all I'm saying. Not much of a game recap in this one. <laughs> I mean, there really there really isn't uh, a four to one loss. You knock out you bang out three base hits in this game and just the one run. You got to get to the one. Brett Anderson uh, pitched, I thought, well enough, to win this baseball game. You have some offense, and nobody fears uh, you know a two out two run triple that he gave up to Lane Thomas. You don't fear that. It seemed bigger at the time. It was mid-game, and it seemed real big. Oh my goodness! Now the Brewers are down two zip. Had the Brewers put up two or three runs, nobody would have blinked. After that two-run, two-run, uh, two-out, two-run triple, but because the perception was you you had a goose egg sitting there, it's like, oh man, two zip, that sucks. Okay, sixth inning, you couldn't get out of the sixth inning. Hunter Strickland had to be called upon. Gets a huge strikeout to that same dude, Lane Thomas. But then. Uh, Ooh, who got him? Riley Adams got him for a two-strike, two-out RBI base hit, and the Brewers were down three-zip in this one as the uh, bullpen had to take over. Uh, In the meantime, you did get one closer off the bat of Avi Garcia.
5: Oh,
4: that ball's hit. Not coming back. Garcia, goodbye! In a flash out of here. Number 24 for Avi Garcia. And the
6: Brewers are on the board for the first time. Yeah, there's the one and only lonely highlight in a Brewers 4-1 loss. Uh, By the way, just another benchmark here. Jake Cousins did pitch a, I would love to say, scoreless inning again, uh, which... We have to respect that baseball, and we said it. Now it's time to see what Jay Cousins is all about. A little bit of a rough outing allowed a a bunch of base runners. A run, his first run in a Brewer's uniform, his first run given up in the big leagues. So we were waiting for this. A little adversity for Jay Cousins. He's pretty important down the stretch here. Let's see how he bounces back in the next few days or his next appearance. He
4: still hasn't allowed a hit to drive in a run, though. <laughs>
6: That's right. Walks will get you, man. Eight walks in this game. Shame on you guys. A clunker at American Family Field. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 12:50 a.m. The Fan.
5: What was the deal with the lineup? Why did he make that bullpen move? Why did he pinch hit with that guy? Time to get all of those questions answered and more with Scoop from the Skipper. Brought to you by Schulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. This is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show. Driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan.
6: Yeah, you got that right. What was the deal with the lineup tonight? A 4-1 loss, game one of a three-game set, and uh, that's what we've been talking about for the majority of the show uh, thus far as uh, they fall here, just banging out three hits. But on the other side of things, I mean, four runs is not an insurmountable uh, amount of runs to to come back from or, or to win a game with, so... It's not like the pitching did horribly. Uh, They did walk a few men, which kind of cycled through their lineup a little bit, giving them a little bit more confidence. But nonetheless, um, for example... A few, they walked eight. Eight, yeah. You can't walk the guy in front of Soto. (laughs) No. Okay, that's (laughs) Alcides Escobar in this case. What are you doing, really? Daniel Norris, are you kidding? There's an are-you-kidding-me moment for sure. There's no doubt. Well, let's get the scoop on Tyrone Taylor, among other things, from the Brewers manager, Craig. Oh, By the way, each and every home game, we, we talk to Craig on his ride home. So stick around for that. It should be about, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so. He'll be uh, getting in his car and, and headed back to Whitefish Bay and just kind of winding down from his night's work. And we'll talk to Craig on his ride home. I mean, we'll talk to him. He's probably not going to talk to us, but we'll talk to him coming up in just a bit. But here's Craig Counsel after the loss.
10: Craig, what, what for you made uh, Corbin so so tough tonight compared to what, what maybe you guys had seen in, in the video of some of his less successful recent starts?
8: Well, I mean, I think, you know, compared to when we faced him in, uh, i think it was may in washington um, you know the velocity was is significantly up um so you know that that's his velocity's kind of been trending up but um you know i was uh, you know the first inning was 94 95 some 96s so the velocity was on the fastball is good and he was you know in the zone with his fastball enough um that it, we didn't get good swings on the fastball i didn't think
1: Right, converse What you think of Brett tonight?
8: Well, I thought it was a kind of a normal Brett start. I mean, I think the the, the big thing was, you know, we had he just that opportunity to get out of that inning, um, and he just, I think he, I think it was a change up he left up to, um, um what's Lane Thomas? I think Lane oh. to he left the Thomas to change up up, and so. You know, he made some good pitches with guys on base uh prior to that and after that, but he just he left the change up up and you know the guy hit in a spot to score a runner from first and so that hurt us with with no not much room for air with you know us not doing much offensively tonight. Is it a little too early to see with uh Tyrone. yeah how serious that might be? Uh we're looking at an injured list. Um, we'll get an MRI in the morning. Um but it's a it's a definite injury injury list.
10: Craig, did he do it in that preceding at bat or somewhere out in the field?
8: Yeah, no, I did it in the second at bat. Yeah, I believe it was the first pitch. So check swing he did it on.
10: That's tough, Craig, because you, you've said he's had such a nice year and, and been so valuable for you in letting you rest those other outfielders.
8: Yeah, no, I mean I think as you know he fits really well with his right-handedness and and the and the depth he provides and how he's played. He's he's played very very well. Um, so, you no, know, we're gonna miss him. Um, but uh, hopefully, it's it's uh, he's able to just miss a little bit of time here and and get back to us.
4: Craig, what'd
1: you think of uh, Daniel Norris giving you two innings tonight? What he did.
8: Yeah, no, I mean, I thought Daniel kind of battled himself tonight, but but got us two scoreless innings. I thought Manny's play was a big play to throw him out, throw the runner out at second base um, to get that, you know, to just get him through that inning with his pitches. So, um, but there, there was two big innings. I mean, it gave us a chance, right? It, so it kept the game at three to one and gave us a chance. And um, unfortunately, we just weren't able to score. Craig, uh,
10: on Corbin, how big do you think that Escobar at bat was? It was 11 pitches, lots of foul balls. He ran about three miles and then Avi gets that, you know, the, the home run on the next pitch. You think those two at bats were linked?
8: Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, it's always your job as a hitter to take a piece of the pitcher um, as, as well you can. Um, it was a great at bat by Eske. Um, you know, he hit several balls hard, just foul um, and, and almost, you know, one that shouldn't end in and out, but he, it was, it was a great battle. Um, and Esky got, Esky hit another ball. Good. Just, just, just missed it to the, you know, in front of the warning track. So, yeah, I mean, I think that when you go through a battle like that as a pitcher, um, you know, that the, it, it's hard to lock into that next at bat, because you're almost taking a deep breath of that you that you won a really tough battle. And, and Avi wisely jumped on a, jumped on a first pitch and that made him pay.
6: Yeah, it makes you wonder if uh, just a couple of more hitters in there would have made the difference. Unfortunate news for Tyrone Taylor as the injury list as an addition. And it's crazy how this season is. Despite that, Brewers, again, uh comfortable lead in the Central and a little over a month uh, of baseball left, seven-and-a-half game lead. Seven-and-a-half, that's still a big number. Don't let that kind of kind of scare you at this point. I mean, what? It was just nine and a half, and I understand it's trending in the wrong direction. But still, seven and a half with with forty or thirty nine games left. I mean, I mean that's still it's it's going to take uh, a whole hell of a lot of things to bounce right for the Reds to to come back into that. Where where they're playing uh, or where they're motivated is that uh, wild card race, and that's even where the St. Louis Cardinals are motivated. They're not uh, really. Uh, eliminated from that, you could just about stick a fork in the division for the St. Louis Cardinals. But in terms of the wild card, fighting with you know teams like the Reds, um, Dodgers, and and Padres, and you know so you've got a race going on. You've got motivated teams here, that's for sure. All right, the Brewers have a new uh, owner. Adenasio did not sell the team, maybe a piece of it, and uh, it's Giannis that it now invests. In uh, some Milwaukee infrastructure, and uh, that is super cool. We're going to get a couple of comments from Giannis as uh, he invested, as as a, as an owner of the Brewers. That is that is really cool. I read something on social media today that said, well, Aaron Rodgers owns some of the Bucks. Giannis owns some of the Brewers. Yelich owns the Cubs. Well, he used to, <laughs> was, was the comment there. But we're going to hear from Giannis next. Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. They fall in game one of this three-game set, 4-1 the final. We'll be back on The Fan.
5: Let's find out what happened in today's game from the guys that played it. Let's head inside the clubhouse presented by Windows Select. Right now, buy one, get one free. Plus, no payments for an entire year. Call them today at 262-703-3500.
6: Welcome back. It is a Brewers 4-1 loss here tonight. There's going to be better days. We all know that and some really, really good ones. And I'm I'm looking forward to the roster move tomorrow, by the way. So, we've got that covered for you. Still a few things to button up tonight. And that is Giannis and uh, his investment into uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. And really by virtue of his contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, his investment in the city here. Staying here. Which, again, guys, is just so super cool. When you... When you measure the potential and what he could have done in terms of all that, I don't want to rehash, you know, the decision-making process of him not to play it out and then uh, go to a bigger market and go to a super team and, uh, you know, win a, a championship or multiples, but he got that here. And, and I think sometimes that's karma just stepping in. You know, he invested in the Milwaukee Bucks. They invested in him. He returns the favor. They win an NBA title. And now he doubles down on, on some of the infrastructure in Milwaukee, and that is the, the, our Milwaukee Brewers. It's, uh, it's really cool. A press conference called earlier today. Seems like it all happened so quick, but uh, Mark Adonasio, we'll hear from Giannis in just a second. Mark Adonasio had this to say from the start.
3: This is a very proud and happy moment for me. Uh, you know, our ownership group came together in, in 2004, in front of the 2005 season. And since that time, we have not had a new original investor or new individual investor owner join the group Been the same group of a dozen or so families. And it's my true honor and privilege today to announce that Giannis and his family will be Owners of the Milwaukee Brewers baseball club.
6: That is really, really cool. It 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 just is, and that's that's just got good written all over it. And Giannis, you know, talked about uh, his his love of the city, and it's pretty obvious. And and again, as I said, he could have uh, taken different paths, if you will. Uh, he had decisions and and choices on the table, and he he chose Milwaukee.
11: Here's Giannis. Milwaukee have made me who I am today. Um, without Milwaukee giving me opportunity, um, I wouldn't be who I am today. Um, have made me a better person, a better man. Um, you know, I've grown up to love the city. Um, I want to raise my family here in Milwaukee. Um, obviously I've made a big, uh, commitment in, uh, to return and join, uh, the Bucks for the next five years. Uh, but, um. There's more There's more to life than, than basketball, and, and, and trust me, I'm, I'm a very, very competitive uh, person. I love basketball. Basketball is my, my core, but there's more to it. I feel like uh, I'm in a position that I can use my platform to uh, help people in need uh, and impact as many people, uh, starting from Milwaukee, the city which I love, and uh, going back to um, Athens, uh, Greece, um, the country which I was born in, um, Nigeria, also the country that my parents are from, and I'm from. But I, uh, I just, I just love Milwaukee. You know, um, they find, they find the diamond in the rough. You know, in the, in the dust, and uh, they trusted me, they believed in me. The city have embraced me. Uh, the city loved me and my, my family. Uh, and it's own love. I just, I just got, just got to give it back now. And uh, actually. I don't want to get too much into it, but you know, after after the championship, uh, we had two days to sleep. I wasn't able to sleep, and then we had the, the parade. And when I was in the bus, I was extremely quiet. It was me, my mother, my son, and uh, my significant other, Mariah. Um, and I saw 200,000 people at the same time uh, in Milwaukee. They were happy. You know, it didn't matter what color they were, black or white, everybody was happy at the same time. And and, and I, I love that about this city. Uh, and, and that's where I realized that there's more, there's more. Like I, we keep, I, I love giving them joy, I love winning championship, and I hope I can do it again so I can see more people happy at the same time in this city. Uh, because sometimes the snow can make you a little bit grumpy, you know, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, but... Um, I realized, I talked with uh, Mariah, I said, okay, uh, I, I think I'm gonna take it a little bit more serious. And, you know, being young, 26 is, there's a lot of uh, pressure that I have, there's a lot of weight on my shoulder. Uh, um, and I don't, do not want to make it as big of a commitment that I cannot follow through because I'm a man of my word. But one thing that I know is that I want to help a lot of people in need uh, here in Milwaukee, in this community, impact as many people as I can and um, I decided to also uh, uh, work on behind the scenes in my global foundation. And, and that's also going to be a, a place that you know, I can step in and uh, also impact a lot of people here in Milwaukee. But the question is that Milwaukee helped me uh, and invested in me and um, this opportunity to invest back to the city.
6: One of the good dudes in the sports world, that's for sure. There's Giannis uh, earlier today. And he went on to uh, talk about the uh, part of the uh, timeline here. It it just didn't happen overnight. I mean, they were dealing with this and, and his investment in the Milwaukee Brewers back in May. I never thought I'm going to
11: be in this position, you know, and you can never take this for granted. You know, that's why I always thank God. I always thank my, my parents for uh, raising me the right way, uh, uh, allowing me to be disciplined, to be humble, to you know, be appreciate life, be grateful of life. And um, so, to answer your question, I definitely wasn't thinking about ownership. You know, when I was ten years old, um, I was just thinking about how can I help my parents in any way possible, my brothers. Giannis Lance Allen from TMG4. What do you know about baseball, and what do you like about baseball? What attracted you to this? I don't know much about baseball. I've been to uh, to uh, to uh, Milwaukee Brewers games in the past. Uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoy I enjoy competition. Um, obviously, in growing up in Europe, there's not a lot of baseball over there. Uh, Actually, when I was introduced to baseball. I was I was 18. It was the first day I came to Milwaukee. I came to a game, but uh, you know I know Christian Yelich. I know he's a great player, and uh, you know he has a little bit pressure on him now. You know, um, you know to bring bring a, a championship to uh, this organization, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be texting him every day from now on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mark told me he said. You know, it's it's hard because you can tell, like, people that join this uh, sport, they're really competitive and they want to win. And it's kind of hard not to, you know, stick your nose into uh, the player's business. But, you know, I might be owner, but I'm a player at the same time. So, uh, you know, I'm going definitely, you know, be reaching out and telling him, you know, talking about the game and, you know, motivating any way possible to uh, win games. Yannis yeah, it's uh,
3: Tony Atkins, TMJ4. Uh, just tell me about that conversation a year ago when this idea was presented to you, and what did you really want to learn in this new role?
11: Um, actually, I was just, you know, for my age, uh, I think I'm pretty, pretty sharp. You know, I think uh lot helped me um, put me in a position to that I can think about things, think about the future um, and where I want to be in the future and what I want to do. I, w- I was just thinking about that. You know, I want to, you know, become a, a owner of a professional team, and um, there was a lot of uh, ideas on the table. There was an idea to um, own a soccer team in Europe, um, and I said, no, I want if I want to be be a part of the Milwaukee Brewers if that's possible. And um, at first, they, they told me that. You know, they haven't allowed anybody for 17 years to uh, be in that ownership group. And uh, I was like, it doesn't really matter. Can we still reach out to them and um, see what they think, if uh, they'd be interested in me joining and, um, you know, me learning from them? Because at the end of the day, this, I'm 26 years old. You know, I'm, 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 I'm learning uh, and um, learning from Mark is going to be big for me. Uh, because, as I said, uh, this is what I want to do next. Um, so I think uh, we we both both, uh, both sides we talked about it uh, we finalized it in May uh, and we decided to not uh, put it out there because we didn't want it to take a, you know attention out of the Milwaukee Brewers and attention out of the the playoffs and uh, you know made it all about me and uh, we said we're gonna find the right time to announce the, announce uh, the partnership and uh, you know I don't want the, you guys to think that. This is happening because we won the Champions, like we already finalized this way, 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 way before. And uh, as I said, Milwaukee have made me who I am today. You know, I've made me a better person. Um, it's basically my home. Um, uh, I've Become a father here. Um, I've become a leader here. I've become uh, a championship here, a champion here. And I want to be, I want to be involved. I want to be involved in the, uh, the community as much as possible. Uh, I know Milwaukee invested a lot in me and um I want to invest a lot of me back to the city of Milwaukee. Uh so as I said I'm excited. Um and this uh is only gonna be fun from now now on out.
6: That is just pretty pretty damn cool. It it really is. And and to hear him talk about the Brewers and and his investment, I just wonder uh Jeff Orlowski, what position would Giannis play on the baseball diamond?
4: Well, I would like him out in the outfield because you would have to hit that bad boy way over the fence, or he's bringing it back. So true, you know. I'd like him out in the outfield. He's got speed. He's got the athleticism. You know, if uh, if he can't throw a heater, you might as well.
6: He could probably, you know, uh, if they need to, to seal the deal and, and play the infield in, I mean, the lateral movement to cover ground balls, I think that, that'd be good to move him up there into the shortstop area. <laughs> You'd probably, with that wingspan, come on. He'd be covering ground laterally big time.
4: He'd be a but vacuum uh, no matter where you put him on the field.
6: Can he hit the fastball, though? That's the thing. Giannis, can you hit the fastball? Because the Brewers back into a habit of not hitting center cut fastballs. That that's not a good thing. That's for a different conversation. Uh, just uh, one more uh, piece of uh, audio here from Brewers owner Mark Adonacio, and that is uh, uh, he talked about the entire process, and I'm I'm sure. You know, there's a lot of legal ease in all of this stuff that, uh, you know, lawyers and accountants and, and they get all into this stuff. But Mark Adonacio talked about that process.
3: A little over a year ago, um, Giannis reached out because of his interest. And I'll let he can speak for himself. I think it was motivated by his interest in the community about joining our investor group. And this came together, you know, quite organically. Uh, over that period of time, we actually, I think, came to a final agreement and signed everything up, including MLB approvals in early May, in front of the playoffs. Uh, and then, you know, all, all of us privately got to enjoy, which we were publicly enjoying, Giannis's and the team's success as world champions in the NBA playoffs. Uh, privately we all knew he would be joining our group. We not only have a, you know, wonderful human being, leader, family person, family and uh, community leader, as part of our group, we'd also have a world champion. And that's some of the karma we're trying to have rub off on the Milwaukee Brewers at the championship game. We had a suite, we had something like 20 out of our 25 players there, soaking in the atmosphere and, trying to get have some of that good karma that Giannis and his teammates uh, created to rub off on us.
5: What's on tap for the crew? What pitcher starts the next one? It's time for some forward thinking on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on the fan.
6: Okay, you do move forward here. It's game two of this three-game weekend set against the Washington Nationals. And uh, first pitch, let's see here, 3.05. Kind of a different start time. It's been a while on a Saturday since there's been a three-o'clocker, as I say. But that's the first pitch. After the last pitch, you make the switch right here. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Former brewer Paulo... Espino, You remember him? And his 4.16 ERA is going to go opposite Eric Lauer, 4-4 four and four mark, and a 3.44 earned run average. And I would say, uh, knowing Craig Council and our conversation throughout the program tonight, let's see, who do we give off? Let's, if, let's make sure Eduardo Escobar, Willie Adamas, and Avi Garcia get the night off tomorrow.
4: That's what you're telling him on his ride home. Come on, well, Timmy. on your
6: on your ride home, Craig, I'm just saying, uh, you know, yeah, uh, clunker tonight for sure. I think personally, things turn out a little bit different if you had Wong um, and and Omar and Christian Yelich in in the ball game, and not just pin, pinch hit appearances. I, I think, you know, that whole lefty uh, righty righty lefty matchup thing. I think sometimes can bite you a little bit. Good hitters are good hitters. Good hitters are just good hitters. Good hitters that are having good seasons is even a better case scenario. So because Patrick Corbin is throwing his velocity a little bit harder, I don't think that made me feel any better. All I know is Corbin was a 6.04 ERA, lefty, righty, or kick the ball over the fence. I would have played my guys here in game one.
4: Yeah, Just I saying, agree. Craig. I agree because now you're you stub your toe again tomorrow and you lost a series against and a god a awful team. And yeah.
6: Then you're on a three game losing streak. Yep. And now you're yeah, you might be feeling the heat. Who knows? I, I don't know when the heat is felt in a seven and a half game lead, but maybe we'll talk about that uh tomorrow evening after the ball game. The other thing, Craig, is congratulations thus far on your success. Yeah, I can't I can't gripe too much about your success here at, at 74 and 49, and a pretty comfortable lead. I would say not pretty comfortable. How about just comfortable lead in the NL Central? I like what you said before the game, as uh, Craig Council is listening on his ride home. Uh, I like what you said before the game. It kind of distracts your attention of big leads in the central or your playoff situation, it distracts you because baseball is funny that way. you got a game today or you got a game the ne- very next day. I thought that was an interesting perspective, so I applaud you on that too. Anything else you want to say to Craig on his ride home?
4: Well, Craig, I will tell you, uh, do yourself a favor and slow down tonight. I got pulled over on the way to work. It was a very expensive ride to work. So two hundred and forty dollars later, oh, uh, man. Yeah, it uh, it was a rough one. So Craig, uh. Uh, drive safe, buddy.
6: Yeah, you couldn't get a break. You couldn't. You couldn't just say you were Craig Counsel or anything.
4: I tried, but uh, <laughs> no, that that one didn't fly. I, I, you know, once Craig didn't fly, I tried. Hey, I'm Willie Adamas. You know, that didn't work either. So. I don't know if the guy just wasn't a baseball fan or didn't have a good sense of humor but he stuck it to me well.
6: Okay, uh final thing, Craig, uh in in tomorrow's game, if it's really close and you need a base runner, try a bunt. Just just caught It's been a while since you've done that. I mean, I know Colton does that on his own a little bit. Yelly did that on his own the other night. But do a called like a like a play that Just do some sort of squeeze or something. Something to shake things up a little bit.
4: Well, I want, Craig, on your first mound visit, when you go out there... Uh, to make a change, yank on your left ear three times so Timmy knows that you're sitting there and you heard this on your way home and you're thinking about Timmy Allen.
6: Lauer and Espino, they go at it tomorrow again. 3.05 first pitch. We'll see you after the last pitch. For Jeff Orlowski, the Pol- Polish pipe bomb. My name is Tim Allen. You guys have a great night. See you tomorrow. And remember, despite the outcome, smile Milwaukee. The world will smile back.